recording in progress. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do that. Always <laughs> are. How are you, Sarah? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good bank holiday? It was bank holiday weekend. It was very chilled out. I went for a golfing and fishing weekend, which was ah, very, very... fishing. I know. I've got a mate of mine who's heavily into his fishing. So in it's almost like in honour of Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse's Gone Fishing program. <laughs> um, yeah. th- this is our attempt to replicate the same thing, but we're also throwing a round of golf in. Um, so, yeah, that was a nice little weekend away in Warwick. So that's in the calendar. That that's nailed good. on for an annual trip. Oh, there you go. Boys um, on tour. That's it. That's it. What about you? You get up too much? Uh, just chilled out, really. It was quite nice. We've got that's lots of bank about. holidays in May. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Another one coming up for us. Yeah. Um, so although I've had a bit of time off over the bank holiday weekend, I haven't, I've got to be honest, I haven't really seen any new films. What about you? Yeah, I've watched A Good Person. I see it's been quite heavily advertised on Sky. It was on Sky Cinema. And it's about Alison, played by Florence Pugh, who is in love and, and gets engaged to Nathan who's played by Chinaza Ucha. They have an engagement party, and the next day, Alison drives her sister-in-law to be and husband to a bridal wear shop. Unfortunately, though, there is an accident which turns Alison's life upside down. Morgan Freeman, who plays Nathan's dad, supports her through sort of dark times. It's um, directed and written by Zach Braff, best known for Scrubs. And it provides a sort of undulating range of emotions throughout this film. It's also quite quirky. Coming from Zach Braff, that's it's typical, really, quite quirky at times. And it also has really laugh-out-loud moments as well uh, in the film. Beautifully played by all the star cast. And I just love the strength and weaknesses in the relationship between Alison and her mum, brilliantly played by Molly Shannon. So one to watch on Sky, uh, a good person. That's all I watched, really. It's just that film. It's been quite a busy time, really. So um, do you have a quiz by any chance? I do have a quiz. Right. So for anyone listening to this podcast, it's probably going to be towards the end of May, maybe around that time. But at the time of recording, we're coming up to the King's coronation. (gasps) And, you know, I like to tie a quiz into a a timely theme. It's going to be a royal themed. It's going to be a theme about kings. Okay. Okay. Right. Five questions. Mm -hmm. You ready? Yeah. I'm starting off super easy here. Okay. In the movie, The Lion King, Mm -hmm. what is the name of the main character who becomes the king of the Pride Lands? Simba. Easy. Yeah. Phew. Woof. Number two. Number two. Colin Firth played King George IV in the 2010 movie, The King's Speech. Name me one other actor in the film or actress um helena bonham carter oh you could absolutely as his missus yeah that's yeah, right as, as queen elizabeth there you go you could have had jeffrey well, Rush, actually, was Guy it, Pierce. The queen mother the queen mother wasn't it so, that's right that's right yeah okay well to, to okay question three who played the role of king arthur in a 2004 movie called king arthur he played the role of King Arthur. Oh, mm. I don't know. I don't think I've watched this one. I don't know. Pass. Clive Owen. All oh, right. I wouldn't have got that. Didn't watch it. 
Question number four. Who played the role of King Kong in the 2005 movie of the same name? Who played the role of King Kong? I want to say Andy Serkis. Is it him? It is. It's Andy Serkis. <laughs> he likes being gorillas or apes or whatever, there you know. There you go. If you're not sure, I didn't say it's to do with the like, mm. going for Andy Serkis. Yeah. Okay, so question number five, final question. In the 2018 movie Black Panther, mm. what is the name of the king of Wakanda, who also goes by the superhero name of the film title. So his name. The king of Wakanda. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry. You don't, you don't need to apologize. No. I would never remember that. It's T'Challa. T'Challa. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Bye I think you tested me something on something like that before. I may have done, yeah, so I yeah. just keep bringing up the same Black Panther questions. There you <laughs> I'm go. probably still going to get it wrong, I'm sorry. That's all right, it's three out of five. Yeah, very good, that's, that's not bad for me. That's very respectable. Yes, very good. Not ha- I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> so do you want to go new or old? Um, should we go new? New? I'll switch it around this test time. You should go for the oldie, don't we? Crazy. Okay. So, You're teeing this one up, aren't you? We're g- I am. Ghosted. Ghosted, which I think was available on Apple TV. I'm going to eat my dinner as you as you oh, okay. introduce it. Is that all right? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Go on, you kick okay. it up. Okay, Sarah's muting while she has her dinner. No one can see what you're eating, but I'm very jealous. Okay, so Ghosted, directed by Dexter Fletcher, known for Eddie the Eagle and Rocket Man, uh, written by Rhett Reese, who wrote Zombieland and Deadpool, Paul Wernick, Chris McKenna, who did Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and the recent Spider-Man movies and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and starring Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, and Adrian Brody. And we last saw, of course, Evans and de Armas together in Knives Out. That was the first time, but it wasn't too long ago. And then more recently in the action thriller on Netflix, The Grey Man with Ryan Gosling, which I haven't seen, actually. And we also get cameos from Anthony Mackie and Ryan Reynolds. So we have Sadie, played by Anna de Armas and Cole, Chris Evans, who meet at a farmer's market in Washington, where they hit it off and embark on a 24-hour whirlwind romance where Cole falls head over heels for her. But the next day, um, he's talking to his family about this amazing girl he's met, but his attempts to contact her go unanswered, so her sister suspects she's ghosting him. But he's able to track her down to London via this tracker on his inhaler the accident left in a bag and so his mum and dad persuade him to follow his feelings and spring her a surprise visit so he packs his bags off to london but instead of meeting sadie and instead gets kidnapped taken to pakistan by arms dealers who mistake him for this legendary cia agent known as the tax man sadie who is actually the tax man uh, rescues him reveals the truth about her profession and her mission, which is to recover a stolen bioweapon called Aztec. It's always bioweapons now, isn't it? The number of times I feel like I've said bioweapon is anyway. Anyway, which of course is in the hands of some evil guy. This time it's a guy called Levet, played by Adrian Brody, who's a disgraced French intelligence agent for which he needs the password. So after a series of high-speed chases and fights and torture scenes by insects cole reluctantly helps sadie on her mission partly because he's fallen for her and partly because he's got no choice as his family may well be in danger now that he's had a run-in with these baddies and of course along the way they have the usual trust issues 
and must decide whether to prioritize their relationship or their mission. <gasps> da, da, da. Da, da, da. So I'll go straight over to you on this one, Sarah. What did you think? Okay, I think we were looking for a movie that was new, that we could watch from home at the time, and I think we didn't want our listeners to spend money all the time, so I think this one ticked the box for that. It's on um, Apple TV+, Plus, and I'm going to be honest, the start didn't really draw me in. I thought it was a bit, the acting was a bit mediocre, but it's it got going when we discover Sadie, Anna de Armas, is a CIA agent and uh, is on a mission where Cole is caught in the, in the middle of it, basically. I think it all kicks off there. However, it's kind of, it kind of goes into sort of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith-style movie at that point. The guns, you know, shooting at each other. And and it's very odd because you, you remember Chris Evans being Captain America, a big, strong superhero, but then you see him in this sort of wimpy style and a much weaker action man as as, as we're used to. I think some of the special effects were not great. I'm going to be honest, there was a trucks chase scene when they first started that uh, mission start of the of the film. I thought mm, they've definitely green screened this, and, and it was just it was just a bit cheeserama, to be honest. I thought it was funny though that some Avengers and friends wanted to appear in this in this film, and and there was a few, there was a scene where they, they you've got Anthony Mackie, you've got John Cho. Um, Sebastian Stan. So you got, you know, you got Falcon and the Winter Soldier that popped up, and even Ryan Reynolds popped up in the movie as well, which uh, was quite entertaining. So, and I think I think Chris Evans is featured in one of Ryan Reynolds' films as well. So, so that was that was quite entertaining, and then they were just you know get killed off pretty quickly. And then um, I know that Scarlett Johansson was was supposed to play Sadie in this film, but I'm kind of glad she didn't. It would have been I would have felt that a bit odd, especially as there was a bit of a naughty scene at the start. And I know that Anna Darmus has, has performed already before with with Chris Evans, but. You don't kind of see Black Widow and, and Captain America in that kind of in that kind of mode, and I know that it's a different film and everything, but it, was, it I just think I would have found it a bit odd. But because she couldn't make, it, I think she had other scheduling issues. I think you will find Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans in another film going forward. To be honest, so so yeah, it was a bit of fun to watch. It's not to be taken too seriously. I've watched actually Citadel recently on on um, Sky. Is I think it's on no Amazon Prime. I think it is on at the moment. And I think the relationship there and the action scenes are a bit more catchy and better done. I think than this film. Uh, and that is a TV series. But, yeah, I just felt in places it was lacking, but it, it did really start going when they were on this mission. Adrian Brody plays the, the crooked villain. He, he started to, to always play in that sort of character, very sinister. And he played it well, but it was it was sort of a typical cheesy baddie, really, that we were looking at there. So I've got mixed thoughts about it. It was one that you can sort of wash over you. It could be a nice sort of Friday night, date night, potentially film that you can watch, but don't take it seriously because you, you're going to be disappointed otherwise. What about you, Robert? Have you got any further thoughts? I, I pretty much agree with, with everything you've said. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, it is what it is. And, and these kind of films seem to be getting churned out a lot on streaming at the moment. I thought this was kind of almost like a half-baked version of what it could have been. I had a problem with Nada Armas. I, I know this is one of those films where, like I say, you don't take it seriously. It's a bit of a laugh. But I couldn't take her role as a CIA agent who's 
beating everyone up. She she's just for me, she she's just too quite simply just looks too small and and not I just I don't think it works personally. And I know I don't know I know what you mean about Scarlett Johansson. It's quite it'd be quite amusing. I hadn't actually thought about the fact of course it would be to Avengers effectively in another film in another, uh-huh. in another character but it it's you can totally see why Scarlett Johansson was originally cast because yeah she she can do that and she's not the only one like a Charlize Theron can do it that there are other actresses that can pull that off I, I just thought that you know it just didn't really work but the whole thing didn't really work it, it was a it was just a bit of a laugh I actually thought the beginning of it was quite intriguing there's a little bit of chemistry when they first met each other but then like you say uh, aside from the odd action sequence I think the scene when they she's driving that bus although there's some dodge CGI there, there were some sequences that were quite well done but on the whole it, it I don't know it's just it was just a bit of fluffy nonsense that passed the time chris evans was kind of perfectly okay as i said i didn't really think they were great as a couple in terms of chemistry adrian brody again like you say he was all right he wasn't he wasn't really the best villain but Uh you're probably right it's one of those films that you can easily sit down and watch washes over you and i'm sure there'll be plenty plenty more yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm going to give it six out of 10 anyway. I think it is. It's it's just a bit of fun, to be honest. It's it's one that washes over you. So, yeah. I'm also going to give it six out of 10. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Six boom. out of 10 it is. Right. On Boom, The Matrix. And uh, I, w- I watched this in, in the cinema in 1999. I think it oh must my have been God. 1999. Was it 1999? It must have been 1999. That's, that's the time when it came out anyway. So, and I came away completely and utterly impressed with the special effects. I think it was uh, the first of its kind. The fight scenes were futuristic. And of course, Keanu Reeves was great as well. But the question is, did I really get what was really going on? Is the question? It's quite a, it's quite a smart film, anyway. It's written and directed by the Wachowski brothers. However, surprisingly, the Wachowski brothers are female, Lana and Lily. And this, I feel, is one of the most futuristic movies of our time. And I know that ladies were inspired uh, in younger days by Stanley Kubrick's Space Odyssey as well. By day, we follow Thomas Anderson, a computer programmer. And at night, he is Neo, a computer hacker. Neo is targeted by police. And one night, Trinity introduces him to a legendary hacker who is also branded as a terrorist by the government. And uh, his name is Morpheus. Morpheus presents Neo with the truth about his world and waking him from his dream state, really. And that is really beyond his imagination. So it's really futuristic. Neo is played by Keanu Reeves, Trinity by Carrie-Anne Moss, Morpheus by uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and you got Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, Joe Pantoliano as Cypher as well. And there's quite a few famous faces that pop up and you see in this I'm going to be honest, I find it's a hard film to describe and that's probably why I haven't described it in full detail and what is real and and isn't real. We have human existence to think about, super AI building machines, super cybersecurity, balancing AI human world. You have to think about who is good and bad here, really. It's won four Oscars, best film editing, best sound, best effects for visual and sound. And it's rated 8.7, a whopping 8.7 on IMDb. I will stop there. Rob, what do you make of it? Well, I thought the concept was neat. I, I think you said smart. I think you're exactly right. But what I thought was really striking is even watching it all these years on, 
it's still smart. It's still interesting. If I've got it right, then the, the world in which we live in, so effectively like our world, human's world, it's not real. It's a computer program. We're living in a computer. Everyone's living in a computer program. Some people have realized that and they feel like they are the hackers and the hackers have managed to hack their way out of the real world into what is the actual real world, which is this dystopian planet where AI has taken over, robots have taken over, feeding off humans without them even realizing and using them to actually create power for the robots that fuels this dream state world, this computer program. And what I thought was really neat was whilst that's, you know, I, I thought that's quite a, it was, it was done so well. I just thought it was quite a nice idea that you, you've got this guy, you're, you're kind of figuring it all out with him. And I thought that really kind of worked. Keanu Reeves kind of playing that character that led you into uh, how this all came to be. And of course, because they're hackers, they're able to distort the program and create different programs where they can project themselves into, equip themselves with whatever they want, because it's a computer program, if they can just land in this white space. And you've got this guy at base who's plugged into you, who can take your, you know, like, give me guns, and he taps away on a keyboard and suddenly guns appear. So it's just really interesting from that point of view. Like you say, you've got connections there, I suppose, with dreams. And But you would have thought with all of technology that's that's gone on that this might seem a bit hackneyed, the concept. But for me, it didn't. So that was the first surprise. I saw this film about six months ago with my son. And I can't remember whether he lost interest or whether we watched the whole film. But for some reason, it didn't really leave much of an impact on me. And I actually thought I'm going to watch this and not potentially like it, or it's not going to live up to really where it is in that, you know, these all time films. And I think I watched it almost with a bit of a pessimistic view because of that, but it won me over quite quickly. And I, and I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Do you think you have to be in a certain mood to watch it then? Maybe, but as I say, I, I think the reason I went it went into it like that was because I didn't have a positive experience when I watched it last time. I thought I'd almost made up my mind about it, but then I watched it this time and I just connected with it in a totally different way. I mean, you can say what you want about Keanu Reeves. Obviously, Keanu Reeves now is, then he has been, hasn't he, for the last like five years, 10 years even. You know, he's become like the darling of Hollywood. He's a great guy, clearly on and off screen, and he, he does what he does. But I mean, crikey, you think how big Keanu Reeves has been in his career in Hollywood. I mean, it's yeah, quite, it's quite incredible. And in actual fact, he does... Huh, I don't know. I, I think this is right. I was thinking about this when I was watching the film. I, I think he does work for this role. There was, there was only one line, a couple of lines, where I thought, oh, that sounds a bit Keanu, where he can't really act. I think he was when he was like, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe this happening. What's going on? That was a bit Bill and Ted. But apart from that, I actually thought... He worked in the role. I don't think he was Bill and Ted at all. I didn't see any, really much of that at all. Very 90s yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. It, it was only literally that one line and that, that, that mm. was it. So <laughs> hey, dude. I, I really liked it and, and it had a very, it felt a very complete film. I really liked 
the way the final third of the film I thought worked really well. I, I loved how it ended. I have to admit, this is where my whole kind of experience of the Matrix start finished. I didn't watch the second. I haven't watched the third or, or any other cons- subsequent films. And I know they weren't obviously as, as good as the first from what I hear. But I just thought this was, but this was a perfect ending. I don't really want to know much more about the story. So, yeah, I, I, as I say, very, very pleasantly surprised. Another film that you can't believe stands up. And we were talking about Lord of the Rings, weren't we? in the last podcast, how long ago that was. I know it was a bit further on, but still it stands up. And and I'd have to say the same for this. The the classic scene of the whole bullet time where the two guys are having the the duel, as it were, and they're kind of dodging bullets in this kind of blurry slow-mo. You know, it's not obviously it's not as impactful as it was when you first saw it, but it's still pretty cool. And and the fight scenes are proper kick ass. The scene where Trinity and Neo come into the building to rescue Morpheus with copious amounts of artillery, cartwheeling up walls, and God knows what else. Still pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, it all it does definitely stand up, which I think is great considering it. You know, we're looking like twenty three years on. And what is interesting that you've talked about Keanu Reeves playing this character, I, I think the cast was perfect, actually. I mean, I know that Will Smith was offered the role as Neo, but he wanted to do Wild Wild West, which, you know, <laughs> a bit of a flop, wasn't it? And Val Kilmer was invited to be Morpheus. I can see Val Kilmer doing that part, but I think Lawrence Fishburne, he, he played it really well. And then they were going to bring Sandra Bullock also in to play Trinity, and I just don't think that would have worked at all. I think that Carrie was that, Moss was perfect. Was that before or after Speed then? Because they were together. Uh, yeah, they would have been reunited. Um, Speed was before, yeah, 94, I think Speed yeah, was. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have worked if that was mm. the case. Yeah. No, it, it just seemed a bit wrong. It's a bit like in the previous film, we just, you know, ghosted seeing, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans together. It would have been exactly the same scenario. But a couple of factoids. Keanu Reeves actually had to lose 14 pounds and shaved his whole body to give that soft baby look for when he had that rebirth part. And then uh, Carrie Ann Moss, she did all her wire stunts herself and uh, apparently twisted her ankle quite early on in the film and continued because she didn't want to be recast. She didn't want to give up her role. She was that determined. Can you imagine all the running she had to do? She was and, ki- she was kick ass in this. She I know. Was How did good. she cope with that with a twisted ankle? I, do, yeah. I do not know. But um, nobody really knew about it. So, so... Well done, her. And then um, the special effects is just, you know, completely gobsmacking. It cost $60 million to make this film. Worldwide gross, it made $467 million. So, you know, it's that's on a par, I think, with some of the Marvel films, definitely, and back in those days. But when you look at the Hulk, you know, early in, on, on those days, it would have been around the same mark. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether you had any further thoughts as well. Not really. I mean, just thinking thinking back to the film now, the scene where Neo is when he's because he's he's arrested, isn't he? They plant this probe uh, into his belly button, which is oh, it's like almost like something out of Alien. And when he gets all these holes put in him, and he's mm. kind of you've got this massive chamber with all these humans that the machines are kind of creating as power sources so it's really well done it's quite disturbing isn't it he's he's completely you got you know, completely kind of naked all these holes with tubes coming out yeah. of him and eventually it's, all rebirth. it's a rebirth exactly but I, I actually thought that was really well done it was a bit like oh yeah. my god so 
yeah, I really liked it. Um, I haven't really got much more to add. I'm just trying to think now what I would give it. What would you give it? Well, I had to toy this because I would say I probably didn't fully understand it. So I've been toying with it. But, I mean, it's outstanding. It's super smart and, and potentially uh, probably too smart for me. Uh, but that shouldn't define my score, really. I, I think the special effects were amazing. I thought the cast and, uh, was, was good. I, I Although I didn't fully, fully understand it, and I, I think I go on with the other ones, I don't fully understand those either. And I think I'm not the only one that doesn't fully understand it. I think other people don't. I like sometimes films just to wash over me. But I am going to give it a 10 out of 10 because it's, it is, it is. Yeah, because I think that's probably the most futuristic film I've seen. You've got other ones which um, Christopher Nolan's done, of course, but I think this is this is way up there. And I don't think you're going to get... Everybody tried to copy these special effects afterwards as well. I think it was um, a trailblazer back in the day. Wow, that's great. That's 10. Um, I think I'm going to give it nine and a half out of 10. <laughs> the, the, the only reason I'm not going to give it a full 10 is because as, as much as the concept is great and neat and I love it, inevitably then you start to poke holes in it. So, for example... There are scenes where the sentinels who are like the agents who can spot the hackers in the real world or the virtual world who are always trying to chase down, you know, the team, you know, they've got these special abilities. Uh, And so you have some scenes where they can do extraordinary things and then some scenes where it seems they can't. So, for example, you know, you see some scenes where they almost kind of almost fly to, to, to a degree and you kind of think, well, why didn't they just do that earlier? They they could have done that in the earlier fight scene, mm. and it could they, they mm. could have used that skill somewhere else. And so I think if you if you're going to take on a theme like this, you've got to do your, as best you can to make sure you can't poke too many holes through it. And I just thought there might have been one or two. It's probably not quite my film. I don't normally go in for kind of like action films, and obviously there's a lot of action in it. So there's a little bit of that. But completely agree with you, completely agree that it is a trailblazing film. And you're quite aware of it when you're watching it. You, you've, it's, it's almost got this kind of aura around it, hasn't it? Like a lot of the great films, you just think, wow, this still stands up. This is still amazing. You mm. can see why it's that high on the IMDb list. Yeah, I think even like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came up just a year or so after this film. And they were using the similar effects or stunts weren't they? Yeah, they were. And, that, and look, that swept the board as well at the Oscars. And, and um, the Oscars that this one was nominated for, it swept the board as well. I think it was the first time that the areas where it had been nominated had got, it won all of them. So, so, yeah. Right. So, films for the next week. So, what do we want to go with first, the oldie or the newbie? I think the new one we decided on is, is going to be, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. So it's at the cinema, and I mean, the reason why I thought it would be good is based on Judy Bloom's book. I think it's a coming-of-age story. Are you going to read the synopsis? Yeah, well, so when her family moves from the city to the suburbs, 11-year-old Margaret navigates new friends, feelings, and the beginning of adolescence. So we've got Abby Ryder Fortson, who plays Margaret. We've got Rachel McAdams, and uh, we've got... Kathy Bates in this film and it's yeah just coming of age film 
on Amazon Prime, there is a documentary about Judy Bloom. It's quite a, an eye-opener, actually. I, I was never allowed to to read Judy Bloom books at, at school. Same with Ian Blyton. I wasn't allowed to read them. Went to a girls' school, and they wouldn't allow us to read certain books. And I think it's because they have certain um, sexual content in this film that uh, I think they felt was a bit taboo back in the day. As um, young girls want to find out about sex, they want to know what's happening to their bodies and things like that. So I think this film is a good one for potentially for teenagers or coming teenagers to watch. So there's one for you and your daughter to go watch then, Rob. Yeah, no, precisely. Because <laughs> I saw this uh, advertised and I was thinking, man, this, could this be the perfect film to watch with my daughter? Getting my daughter, <laughs> my eldest daughter, to watch a film is extremely difficult. So um, i got a yeah figure out how I'm i hope it's i hope she doesn't cringe it. yeah i hope she doesn't cringe well that's it yeah that's we'll be interested to see yeah be interested to see her reaction and um the, you know the content i've not read the book but i hear it's very good and at the moment it's 7.9 i don't know how it's 7.9 i don't know whether it's where whether it's released in the us or not at the moment but 7.9 on imdb so i think it's a good one to watch good stuff good stuff so the oldie I'm picking um, from your list today. So we've got animation left. We've got crime left. Uh, we've got Western left. We've got music or musical left. I think those are the main ones. Um, I'm going to go for musical. I knew I'm you'd do that. I'm sure to know which musical you have. I knew you'd do that. <laughs> okay, all right. Go for it. I've got. How many have I've, you got? I've got four. <laughs> um <laughs> Can I choose number one? What's your top one? The top one, number one, yeah, is Rocket Man. Oh, okay, okay. I was I was expecting something else like Grease or Annie to come out or something oh, like that. I'm so sorry, they don't they don't go back that far. I'm afraid they're all relatively uh, modern. So, and this is Dexter Fletcher, who of course no, no, uh, yeah. who directed Ghosted. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I remember this film just being a bit of a hoot, and uh, yeah, I thought this could laugh. So, uh, my yeah, my my list of musicals is not that extensive, so that's why uh, Rocket Man made it. Um, Rocket Man, yeah, brilliant. Um, let's find out where we can watch it. Okay, uh, Rocket okay. Man. All right, so, so it's currently rent or buy, but when you listen to this, do check. Uh, your on-demand channels because it may be available once once you listen to this podcast. But at the moment, as of today, you can rent it off Apple TV Plus, Amazon, Sky Store, etc. So most on-demand platforms. You may also have it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. It's been out for quite a while and was quite popular. Good stuff. So I can't even remember the title of the first film we were going for. It's too long. It had the word Margaret in there and Judy Bloom <laughs> or something. <laughs> it was let me See, you can't remember I can't remember either. either. It is Are You There God? Yeah. It's me, Margaret. <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, just, Margaret. And say it in Margaret Thatcher. I are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> and Rocket Man. And Rocket Man, yeah. <laughs> very different films. But uh, actually I don't know. No, well, I mean, one's about Elton John. I know. And one's, a, one's a coming of age like, about some. Li- I know, but it's life stories and discovering 
yourselves, oh, isn't it? I suppose so. I suppose there is so. a connection. There I think a, there a, is a very teeny weeny in connection. his younger years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been quite a late recording for us. So it is. It's. I mean, it's nine twenty-five, Sarah. Here's okay. Here's a question for you. I'm sorry. Is that That's my fault? Is is nine twenty-five? Is that late for you? <laughs> I know some people at half past nine who will go to bed. <laughs> I'm not, saying, I'm not is saying that I'm, I'm, is that normally you i'm no, sorry if no, i cut you up no it's not me i'm around i'm around a kind of 10 o'clock i'm thinking this time yeah. to get to bed 10 oh jeez living it's the life, usual living, on, a, on a school night on, edge. on a school night a work night burning the candle at both ends yeah and i'm not a morning person either so i like my sleep i, I like to get my full eight hours in definitely and more if that's the case, you've got probably got time to watch a film, haven't you, before bed, if that's the case? <laughs> Short one, a little hour and a half. Oh, no, long. no. I'm, I'm waiting. We've, we've caught up with Ted Lasso, and we're having to wait for now till Wednesdays for Ted Lasso. So, well, I, I but, feel it. I'm Citadel, feeling... Citadel is, could be the new the new TV series for me to watch. Interesting. Uh, I did see yeah, that good. On, on the Netflix, I think it was. Yeah, it is good. It, is it Netflix or I thought it was Amazon Prime? Is it Amazon? Maybe it is. I, I, I saw it. It's got Priyanka Chopra Jonas and, oh, Richard Madden as well. Yeah, of course. And it's the, he's, he was, you might recognise him from Game of Thrones. I think it wasn't he in some sort of UK. Oh, everybody's going to scream at me. Oh, he was, was it, wasn't he in, was he in the bodyguard or something? Yes. No, no. Yes, was it? yes okay. it was. I think it was, yeah. So he was in that as well. So far, I'm quite impressed. First, first episode, it's all good. Well, I feel like yeah. there's additional pressure. I think there's pressure coming from all angles of, to watch Ted Lasso. I know it's one of your favourites. keep hearing more and more things about it's, it. So It makes me together. smile. It's a good one to watch in the evening, definitely late at night in the evening because it's if you've had a tough day, it sort of lightens the mood. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Another well-being film. No, I'm joking. Okay. Relieve not, quite like Ren, not quite like Renfield. <laughs> Thera- kind of therapeutic. Release, relieve the stress. And that, it's, it's funny. It makes me laugh. So, uh, yeah, let's keep. Good stuff. All right. Well, time to go, folks. Have a good week, mm-hmm. two weeks, um, and we will catch up soon. Oh, yep. Thank you very much. I don't know why I turned French there, but yeah, thanks very much, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Uh, bye. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Oh, yo. <laughs>